Welcome to issue 70 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Mustafa, and joining me tonight are Mike. Hey, Mustafa, how are you? Hello, Mike. Steve. Hey, Mustafa, how's it going? Hello, friend. And Daniel. My dear, dear friend, how are you? I'm all right. You know, I don't know why, Mustafa, but I, with the sense of foreboding, I'm, I have to ask you, what, what's on your mind tonight? Glad you asked me that question, as I am every time you ask me that question. I'm always glad to hear it. I beg you, Daniel, to do me the justice to be assured that I have undertaken a resolution, but not without a strict regard to all the considerations that apply to the relation which binds a dutiful podcaster to his podcast. And the resolution is that I'm withdrawing the tender of my service. But in doing so, I am influenced by no diminution of zeal for your future interests and the podcasts and our dear listeners. No deficiency of grateful respect for your past kindnesses by allowing me to be on the show. But I'm supported by a full conviction that the step is compatible with both. I've done my time, served my duty as it were to the best of my ability, and now I have to depart. And it'll be good for the show as well. But before I go, I want to warn you about uh, foreign entanglements and, uh, and, and domestic parties too. But I, I kind of didn't write those parts. So just I'll toss that in there as a general warning. I don't know about that last part that uh, the show will be better off. I don't, I don't know about that. Oh, I thought you were talking about the foreign entanglements and the, and the, and the party stuff. Oh, that, that's that goes without saying. Yeah. 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 I, um, I agree with Mike. The show will not be better for your leaving. Yeah, uh, I disagree. And if our astute listener couldn't quite parse <laughs> what, what our dear host was saying here, Moose, are you saying that you're leaving the podcast? I am leaving. I am tendering my resignation. That is correct. Oh. And if you couldn't recognize where that came from, that was from George Washington's farewell address, which is extremely <laughs> presumptuous of me. No, I but think it's perfect. Yeah. Like how he told us at the beginning, I'm not prepared for this. And then he quotes George Washington. <laughs> um, I am not prepared because I had other things. But, you know, I do have one thing for you before I go. The etymology of the word villain. I think Daniel knows this, but it's from the 12th century. And it really just means farmhand. A peasant, a farmer, a commoner, a churl, a yokel. Are you calling us yokels? I, I am not calling you yokels. I think the English language is calling us yokels. And I just want to kind of leave people with this consideration. You know, hero is, you know, what you would expect. It's, it's you know, people of superhuman strength or physical courage, etc., etc. But villains... I don't know how they got matched, but they're just far, you know, yokels in farmhands, rednecks, as it were. Uh, that's what villain means. Somebody who works on a farm. I, ha I was going to research into how this came into being, hero paired up with villain, but I didn't really have the time. But maybe you guys can look into it in a future podcast and, uh, and wonder, why, why is it? That is worth further exploration. Oh, my goodness. And that's what we're going to miss about you. <laughs> 
I think uh, you know, once you get past the boring the, the listener to, to death part, yes, maybe. Okay, Steve, I think I think now is now's the time. Before we do that, I do want to say to Moose personally, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. It's not gonna be the same without you. I don't know if you, you haven't listened to the last few, but we're slowly turning into heroes. So without you, it's gonna be it's not gonna be the same yokel style show that we have. So it'll be better. Thank you for um, being on 70 episodes with us. I, I will miss you guys. And maybe one of these days I'll actually listen to one of these things. So your your listener number can go up. We'll be up to two. Yeah. Actually, actually, Mike, how, how many do we have? Sir. Well, okay. See, when you said you were leaving, I, I, I just, I was heartbroken. Um, I, I only know you from this podcast. Listeners don't know that, but I, I met uh, Mustafa on the, on the show and I thought uh, I'd get you going away present. Uh, I got you uh, this little recording from unnecessary your, from your biggest fan. So let's let's all have a listen. Hello, Mustafa. This is your favorite mom. I am so sorry to hear that you'll be leaving the show. I don't know what I'm going to do with my spare time anymore. I mean, the other guys are great, but the show isn't going to be the same without you. Best of luck for the future, and remember to eat your vegetables. Bye now. Excellent. Was that your actual mom, or was uh, that just computer generated? No, no, that was. Uh, I found the the sweetest old lady at my workplace, and uh, uh, <laughs> so good. The price of a cappuccino. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Wow, I really appreciate that. I don't have anything to match as a parting gift for you guys. Except my farewell address. Well, you have done you've done much for this show. We are going to miss you, and I I do want to head out your way at some point. Yeah, that would be great. All that. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, we should plan it. And Mustafa, my my sadness at your departing this podcast is tempered, of course, by the fact that you live down the street, and the pandemic is over, and we're hanging out, and we're playing games again at a at a semi regular basis, and um, you know. I also have the great honor and joy of having you as one of my bestest buddies of all time. So thank you. Dude, I was going to not cry. This has been an absolute pleasure having this realm as well for us to, to play in. So I will, I will miss you here on Tuesday nights. Well, you know, it turns out that our friends are one of our most um, valuable resources in life. And even though everything is fleeting, and so is friendship, it lasts um, and makes us better as long as it does. So I will look forward to more times with you guys. But if you if you ever want to do a different podcast uh, where I can actually contribute better, I'd be more than happy to uh, I'll be a part of it. Mike, go ahead. Kick him out. Into the multiverse with you if you're going to be like that. Ah! Well, now they're all totally depressed. What are we talking about tonight, Steve? Uh, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite Nazi Red Skull. So I guess we're going to keep being depressed. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, geez. And it starts with you, like, talking about books or something you've read. All right. It's let's like, read. Let's from read. the villain's library. It's yes. like, oh, great. I'm sad, so I'm going to a library. Actually, I'm excited about this. Go ahead, Steve. So we're going to talk about Red Skull Part 3. We're going to do the Rise of Red Skull campaign. Um, we have some reading 
list we're going to talk about. We have a whole bunch of community members who sent in their thoughts on the campaign. Uh, we've got some stats to read off. Then we're going to look at the campaign cards. And that's that's going to be our part three here for Red Skull. Sweet. I'm totally excited. I have not I have not read what folks have said about this campaign. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how the community views it. I'm going to start us off with a pop quiz, though. Oh, oh, I didn't what? study. Oh, it's one question. So it's a pass fail here. Uh, what year was Red Skull born? And I mean, like his the character, Johann Schmidt. What year was okay. he born? All right. Yeah. Now, Mike, clearly I have an advantage because, of course, as you know, I did the issue wherein we talked about the origin of Johann Schmidt. So that's true. So you um, have it would be. Hurt. It would be totally unfair if I were to even answer this, so I'll throw it to you. No, no, no. I, I think I'm going to do the villain thing and cheat. Um, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to say... Hey, well, hold on, Mike. Let's think about this thing together. Okay? Let's, let's team up here. Okay, well, he had to be born before World War II. Yes. So, he befriends Hitler before the war, but after Hitler's come to power. Okay? Right. So that's like so Late 30s. somewhere somewhere after thirty three whatever he's a bellhop and a teenager so maybe seventeen okay so what if we were to say nineteen twenty all right let's do nineteen twenty let's do that all of that is uh, reasonable it's rational sounds like it's solid totally math wrong. <laughs> completely wrong the the one issue that I was reading. It lists his birthday as 1899. What? Yeah. Oh. Before the turn of the century. So what? he'd be like 40. Yeah. His, He's a bellhop at 40. To put... I'm telling you, I found that in one of my book in the, one of the books, which is why I... they redo stuff all the time, I think. So. I don't think that that is accurate. That's because you got the question wrong. No, no, no. I really. I... This, no, the, I, the backstory I, seems to indicate he is a younger person as a bellhop. Correct. And that is definitely in several of the books I read. Okay. Um, and so, so your your guess would have made a whole lot more sense. Yeah, but, because that is, yeah, 18, what, 98? 1899, like one year before. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would seriously make him 40. Wow. Okay. Which is, I think, too old for... How a how long the character lasts and b yeah it, it doesn't work for me. Sorry. And spandex too old for spandex. Way too old for spandex. Right, I agree. I agree. Well, if you want to read about him, let me tell you some better books to read that are going to give you some good information on him. Uh, I mentioned in the we were talking Daniel, we were talking about when he was a bellhop, and I mentioned that Red Skull Incarnate that series, Red Skull Incarnate number one to five, twenty eleven. Great series. And that's really the one where I think showcases his life as a young man. And it's really well done. We talked about that in the previous issue. Yep. Yep. Okay. So uh, the next five, uh, I have like the top five. So there's a series called Caps Back. Now, is this like referring to his backside or his actual body back or that he has returned from something? That he's returned from something. If you'll recall from last week, Captain America was assassinated. So I'm assuming he's back from the dead. Uh, oh. No, this is before that. <laughs> no. Yeah. People oh. possibly understand the timeline of this stuff. 
<laughs> right, really? right. So this is Captain America 184 to 186 in 1975. This takes place on the 30th anniversary of Hitler's death. And this involves that red dust of death that, Mike, you mentioned about. And um, Red Skull is, like, winning because he has this. He's going after various political figures. This shows him, like, before he strikes out on his own, actually. And it really highlights Red Skull's, like, internal beliefs and his bigotry. So it gives you kind of a, a good look into him. And you get a very interesting backstory about the Cosmic Cube and Falcon. I don't know why it's called Cap's Back. Because I was really reading about Red Skull. So, okay, so number four, which I r- enjoyed, was Red Skull versus Magneto. So you have two villains going after one another. So this is Captain America number 367 to 370 in 1990. And this is really cool because Magneto, you guys might know, Magneto is Jewish. His family uh, spends time in a Nazi concentration camp. So Magneto wants revenge against the Nazis, and Skull is the closest thing he can get to Hitler. So Magneto goes after Red Skull. Oh, I love that. I'm totally going to read this one. Yep. Now, is Magneto Picard or Gandalf? Gandalf. Gandalf. Okay. okay. So Magneto, uh, he, he defeats Skull. He traps him. He basically locks him up in this dungeon where he's got no food, no he leaves him some water, but he doesn't give him any food. It's utter darkness. There's no hope for of escape. And while Skull's down there, he starts to hallucinate from like lack of food and water. He starts to see all the people from his past. He's speaking to himself. He's kind of like turning inward, and he's looking at himself. So we see Skull at his most vulnerable and his relationships in his mind with these various figures like Captain America and Hitler and all these other people that he's come up against throughout the years. So that's a very interesting series. Wow. Okay, number three is called Operation Rebirth. Captain America, number 445 to 448. This is 1995. So now this is after he's been assassinated on the steps of like the Capitol building or something like that, that Mike, you uh, talked about. 1995? Right? No, we're off by 10 years. Okay. What's well, going on? Yeah, like 2000, yeah, 2005 is the assassination. Okay. Well, he's in this, uh, Captain America is dead. So he's dead for some other reason. <laughs> well, there, hasn't, hasn't there been like 37 Captain Americas or something? There's yeah, been there's... five or six, but this is... All right, well, so, so this one's interesting because Red Skull brings Captain America back from the dead with an infusion of Red Skull's own blood because he has super soldier serum in himself because he needs Captain America's help in stopping Hitler from destroying the world. Oh. In 1995. Because... At one point, Red Skull locks Hitler inside the Cosmic Cube, and there's this cult of Nazi, these neo-Nazis that are trying to free Hitler, but the only man who can stop Hitler is Captain America, and Red Skull wants to control the world, not destroy it, so he needs help to stop Hitler. So you see this very interesting team-up of Captain America and Red Skull. You also get Sharon Carter. She's more like a character from the Falcon and Winter Soldier, so she's, she's less, uh, she's very gray. She's not black or white in this. So you get this very interesting cap is the good guy, Red Skull's the bad guy, and Sharon Carter's like walking that razor's edge sort of thing. Very good series. It's not very long, but it's, it's an interesting read. Number two called Red Glare. Oh, that one. It's that one. Do you know this one? I thought you were talking about uh, Red Skull again. It's the number two Red Glare, Captain America, oh, no. 14 to 19 in 1999. Um, in this one, 
Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, Steve. Can I stop you? Yeah. How can it be Captain America 445 to 448 in 1995 and then Captain America number 14 in 1999, four years later? Uh, it's like a different volume. They they give it like Captain America at a certain point, they start like dropping in a different volume or whatever. Um, if you look, if you do, if you like look for Captain America 1999, you'll see they're they're numbered this this way. I don't know their numbering scheme. It's crazy. So. Okay, fine. As long as you accept that it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely insane. Um, okay. So this is the 1999 version. But now Skull is trapped inside uh, a prison dimension after the cosmic cube blows up in his face in the previous mm. series during Operation Rebirth. That Skull blows up. At the end of Operation Rebirth, they think Red Skull's dead, but really he's trapped in the cosmic cube. And he's in this like weird prison dimension where... He's living his his personal nightmare of a multicultural Germany ruled by Captain America, where there's like a utopia and the Aryan race has not taken over. You, you just have this cosmopolitan Germany and Red Skull cannot stand that. Oh, my God. He must feel like a Trump voter. <laughs> so, he, again, we get this really neat look into Skull's mind while he's trapped in here. Sorry, too uh, soon? <laughs> no. Uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually he escapes. He fuses with the Cosmic Cube, and in doing so, he gains so much power that he's going to be able to complete his goals and destroy those visions of racial harmony. And he needs to be defeated, or uh, the power of the Cosmic Cube mixed with Red Skull is just incredibly powerful, and he's going to be able to defeat all of his enemies. It's a little bit similar to what happens in the campaign in the game, where he gets one of the uh, infinity gems right and he zaps america to into his image so this is a little bit like that he's preparing to zap the entire world into his image and at this point the stakes are can never be higher for the heroes we have some really cool guests that show up in this one that are relevant to our game we get to see Kang, our favorite time traveler we get to see the badoon um there's korvac is in there the watcher it's it's a very good series all about Red Skull and his ultimate plans. Hey, well then, what could be even better than that, Steve? Yeah. So my last one, and I don't. Hope, hopefully, the order is uh, people agree, but maybe not. Uh, it's called Death of the Red Skull. This is Captain America, two hundred ninety-three to three hundred one. Uh, Red Skull kind of leaves in number three hundred, but three hundred one wraps up a bunch of stuff. This is from nineteen eighty-four. Which is, of course, 15 years before this other thing you're talking about where Red Skull is very much alive. Correct. Good God. And it's billed at the time, the true end. Like, that they're not going to bring him back. So at the time, in the 80s, like, I think readers would have believed it was over. Because, you know, there's a lot of near misses and other things like that all along. But this one, Marvel is saying, no, we're done with Red Skull. Uh, which obviously is not the case. And he's a he's a... A good villain to beat up on, so they they bring him back. But in this one, he his age he doesn't age. He's been suspended through time, similar to Captain America, because of this suspended animation gas that he inhaled. I think Daniel, you might have mentioned it in his backstory. I did talk about that. That was bare, you know, Zemo did all that. Right. So that gas mm -hmm. is wearing off now. So he's starting to age, and he's going to die, just of old age. Yep, and he determines yep. that he's got to take Cap out with him because they are they're arch enemies and 
Captain America is the only person in the world that Red Skull respects. He thinks of them as equals, even though he believes Captain America is wrong for being a hero. This this takes a look back at his origins, like with the bellhop and stuff, which is a little different spin than you get from the Red Skull Incarnate. But it's still very similar. That Red Skull Incarnate just goes into more detail. It looks into a ton of relationship between him and Captain America. Mm-hmm. And, and in this weird, sick way, it's kind of touching the amount of respect that he has for Cap. They duke it out. He messes with Captain America. Captain America's is rapidly aged. So now they're both like in their 80s, battling it out still as these super soldier old men. So it's very interesting. It's kind of a fun, uh, some of the some of the fight scenes, you know, you expect them to have their walkers or their wheelchairs going at one another. Yeah, I was going to say, is it also kind of depressing? Yeah, it's a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's depressing in the fact that Captain America, surprise, surprise, he wins and the Red Skull dies. I'm gonna hit you with this cane of your bed. Yeah. Like that kind yeah. of thing. That right. kind of thing. So those are my so, six reading suggestions those, for folks. Those sound absolutely exciting, especially last week. Now, Steve, were these all on that wonderful um site that you and Mike like to read from? Marvel Unlimited? That's the one. Man, they need to start uh, paying us for saying that. Yep. It's on there and you can find easier links to them if you go to that. Complete oh, yeah. Marvel Re- reading order webpage yes, I talked re- about. Remind, remind us all of that again. Yeah, uh, it is. And I will put it in the show notes. I'll put all these in the show notes. Okay, so that website is the cmro.travis-starns.com. And you can look up Red Skull and find a ton of his stuff. And they have great links into all of these series. A lot easier to find than actually navigating through Marvel Unlimited. Sometimes it's tricky because, Daniel, you mentioned... Um, well, I'm looking for Captain America number 14, and it takes you to the wrong volume or whatnot. So, right. Wow. That's exciting. That's awesome. So, Steve, before you had alerted, alluded to some like community uh, <clears throat> feelings and insights about the campaign and such, well, what's the symbiote hive mind have to say about all this? So we put out a survey. We got 35 okay. replies. We had 22 people drop uh, comments. You mean 2,200 people, I'm assuming. 22,000 people. 22,000 people. 22,000. Yeah. Um, So we asked a bunch of questions. Thanks, Bob. Well, let's just go through some of the questions and the answers. Why don't you guys – I've been talking. You guys take it. Well, well, hold on a sec, Steve. So I I saw a whole bunch of, like, graphs and charts, but I didn't look at them because I actually wanted to guess what they might say. So I don't even know the questions these – charts are about or these graphs are about so i want to see if i can predict what the hive mind has to say about these topics okay fair all right well so mike can ask me the questions or whatever yeah i have not looked at these other than to see that you have made really fancy pie charts oh well the first one is a bar graph what yep this is rate your enjoyment of the rest well there are bar there are pie charts right there are yes okay all right. So this is out of five. Rate your enjoyment okay. of the campaign. Okay. So should so, I guess? Yeah. One being uh, not fun at all and five being extremely fun. I hope no one answered one. Correct. Correct. Nobody answered one. Because to say that you had no fun with a game that you supposedly love to play, just be, yeah, that would be lame. And you listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> and are here with us. Um, 
Who are you? Who are yeah? Who who are you? One person in the universe. Um. So I'm gonna say. Well, I'm gonna say what. I'll rate my enjoyment for this and assume that I am part of the hive mind. You ready? Okay, go for it. I kind of liked it at a three point seven. Well, I'll round up to four. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you never give anything full marks. So nope, nope. I could have called that you're going to say that. Yeah, yeah. The highest or the largest column was, of course, four out of five with okay. 20, 20 votes. Uh, the next highest was five with ten. There was oh, four great. rated it a three, and one person rated it a two. And still listens to us. Well, I feel great that yeah. people more or less like this campaign. Now, this is an overall. This I have no idea what went into this decision. This was just a simple one out of five. Sure, one out of and, five. Great. And I gotta say, like from my perspective, mm-hmm. my enjoyment of the campaign is kind of sitting at a three. But when you mess with it, like what we did with our yep. with our four player game, where you just throw in whatever encounter sets, then it jumps up to a five. Because you just need so much for it. It never gets bored. Yep, you know, and that's what I was going to say, too. I think it also really depends who you're playing with. So I think, like, if I were, like, one of those, like, solo players or a two-handed solo player, it might be lower, right? But, like, I do not play this game solo or by myself anyway. I play with three or four people. So I only played this campaign with Becky and Andy, my dear friends, and we had a blast. And I played with you guys. And, of course, I had a blast. So... Like, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about the campaign as much as I was thinking about hanging out with, with buddies playing a game. So nice. It could it could color my my rating, but no. I can cover the solo aspect and say it it's a lot of fun, but it gets samey because every scenario is Hydra. If you just Sure. If you just play it as written, right? Give yeah. yourself the freedom to switch out those modular sets, even in campaign mode. It's great. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Next question. What difficulty level did you most play the campaign on? Standard, expert, and heroic. If I'm being honest, standard. What do you think the community said? I think our community, the loyal listeners of this podcast, would at least predominantly play this on expert. You are technically correct. That's kind of being correct. (laughs) Given margin of error... <laughs> uh, here's a question for you. How many people do you think play on her? Uh, a, a couple diehard weirdos. Two. But none of them answered our questionnaire. Oh, okay, good. So okay, it, it's basically a 50 50 split between expert and standard. Expert has no. one person on their side. Now, we played expert, right? We did. Okay. Yes. So I played twice. I played once on standard the first time through it. I, th- I feel like you should go standard in sort of your blind playthrough and then realize it's too easy and play expert which is what or, we did yeah. okay alright next up which one of the villains was your favorite in campaign mode this important in campaign mode. absorbing man taskmaster Zola and Red Skull you mean Z-O-L-A Zola Z-O-L-A-Zola. yeah that one Z-O-L-A-Zola. Z-O-L-A Zola um, I'm gonna say actually I had the most fun early on in the campaign and i'm gonna say absorbing man for me personally was your favorite what was my favorite i like well i love the idea of the environments and like sort of the shifting of what that means is i thought it was cool i am largely in agreement it's between i think taskmaster might win out for me mm. but community also good absorbing man dead last <laughs> yeah uh that's interesting i yep he's kind of 
I don't know why they would, to be honest, because it's also, I like that he does the delay counter thing that matters later. I think it's the difficulty. Yeah, I think it is, too. Like, it's yeah. too easy or too hard? Too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. It's too so easy, right? Throwing some, not, yeah. throwing some Cree militants or something. Yeah, you know, that was one of those things, too. Like, I know, you know, Becky and Andy and I for sure noticed this, too. It's like, like, we just kind of lit into Absorbing Man and we're like, well, this isn't, this seemed really easy. It's, it reminds me of like kind of what happened to um, Green Goblin, the first one, Risky yeah, Business. Yeah, Risky Business. Yeah. You know, it was like really cool concept, maybe too easy in um, the delivery of it. Now, the community, yeah, the community split it 28% between Taskmaster and Red Skull. I think Red Skull gets, because you have, this new side scheme deck and it's the culmination of the campaign, right? You yeah. need them, you completed it. It is an and, exciting it's an exciting finish. Absolutely. And Taskmaster has the whole like saving the allies and yep, yep. watching him copy some of your abilities and stuff. So he's he's fairly unique too in the campaign mode. So No, yep. I mean I think you can find something really cool to like about each of the villains in the campaign mode. And I think that's what I like about it. So there, I said a I said a positive thing that I think will foreshadow how I feel about this campaign. All right, now which scenario do you play? Do you most play outside of campaign? Um, I have never played one of these outside of it, oh. but I imagine oh. that most people will say crossbones because it seems to be a good testing scenario. They certainly did forty four percent. Okay, like yeah, that 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 one kind of does everything. And so yep. that would be my guess. Yeah I, yeah, I play a lot of crossbones too. And then number two was Zola. Okay. Yeah, probably I think it jumped up twenty percent after our song. Easily. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Okay. 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 I, I tapped into the hive mind there. That was good. Yeah, yeah it was good. So, okay. Right. Next up, which modular set do you use most often outside its suggested scenario? Wait, wait, can you explain the question? Of of the modular sets that Came in this box. Mm -hmm. Which ones do you use most often oh, in I scenarios see. other than the one it was designed? I see. I see. Okay. So we have experimental weapons, mm -hmm. Hydra Assault, Hydra Patrol, and Weapon Master. Those are really the only four modular sets that came in the box? Yep. Yep, because the other ones they pull straight from the core. Wow. Um, that's not true of the new box, is it? Nope. New box has a few more. But okay. it kind of cheats with a couple like single card sets. I see. Oh, that's cheating. Um, I will say Hydra Assault. Uh, yeah, Hydra Assault. With wow, really? Yeah. It was it was that or Patrol because like I think people I think people want more minions in the game. Yeah, I think you're right. And Assault's a little bit harder. They're harder minions, right? Yeah. 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 So I would put that in because like you know I want to play someone like Thor or someone who cares about minions you right. know like ant-man or something you know, like yep makes yeah sense. so so yeah i want i'd want tough minions and more of them hydra patrol and experimental weapons were very close it's interesting 20. experimental weapons yeah i wouldn't think that but all right yeah it's i mean it's it's a bunch of attachments that go on the villain and i think it's a reasonable set yeah that's cool. enough of a challenge because if you get too many on the villain then it's starts to really hurt the heroes i think yeah. too it can do what daniel likes to do and be a second modular set because it's only a few cards yep once again i'll encourage our listeners throw as many modular sets in there as you want no reason to have just one ever 
And of course, Weapon Master was last because it seems to only make sense in certain situations. Sure, sure. The last question. Oh, was one how more many question. times have you played this campaign? Twice. One to two. Okay, you're in one to two. <laughs> I'm one to uh, two. Three to five, which is where I sit. Six to nine or ten plus. Where do you think wow. the community sits? God. Um, Let me tell you where I am. Mike, I'm with you. Three to five. I think three to five. You're, you guys are three to five, but you've like gone against these villains bunches of times outside of a campaign, right? Yes. So I think, you know, like the campaign, you play it blind and it's really exciting. And then you, here, here's what I imagine happens with normal people. They play it on standard. It's exciting because they're like reading the text for the first time. They're reading the story. They're like, all right, well, I know how it goes. So let me play it on expert. They do that one time get beaten up pretty badly. Then they deck tech for it and play it on expert again, beat it their third time and they're done. And then they do like, yeah, standalones against the villains after that. Cause once you've beaten the whole thing, what's left. And I think it takes three times to beat it. Wow. Well, it, three to five was indeed the, the largest segment, although they're all pretty close. 31% okay. for three to five. Next highest was 28% at one to two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 23% said 10 plus. That is wild to me. And you guys must be having a ton of fun uh, changing up the well, hero. Or, or they play solo and yeah, just play. Yep. I yeah. want to try every hero against the campaign, which I think would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think too, if you're going to sit down and play a game, if you're going to pick a, a villain, and I mean, and then you're going to sit down and play again another day and again another day, like why not string them together in the campaign, right? Like, oh, just. Let's just bust the campaign out and just keep going. No, you don't have to play that back to back to back to back, right? Like, yeah. you could have a campaign that sits there for a while. You go play Kang a few times and come back. And, well, where was I in that campaign? But uh, ten plus—that's some—that's some dedication to beating up the Red Skull. Yeah, yep. and it, and if I'm allowed to like think think about the other cooperative LCGs by Fantasy Flight, like I don't play the big campaigns from. You know, or the cycles from Lord of the Rings or Arkham Horror that often either, you know, like. But they're much, much But there's longer. a lot, yeah, they're longer and there's oh, yeah. more to them and stuff. But like, I don't know, like kind of once you do it, like the. Well, how many times have you played the, the Lord of the Rings saga? What is that? Once. Like nine boxes, uh, you yep. know, like three print right, on demand. Yeah, uh, I haven't even done like, it once. No, <laughs> and nor should you because it ends with Mount Doom. So oh, it's right. the worst, the worst thing ever designed. So, although the salt appeared a few scenarios before that, but, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. encourage you all to go to YouTube, Wandering Tube. Oh all my right. goodness, that's a fun one. All right, uh, if you want to, if you want to hear me at my worst, there. Don't uh, go we, listen to that, uh, listeners. You'll lo- you'll lose all respect for Daniel, and, I, and you know, <laughs> I know that we don't have much to start with, so it's a we, we don't know what to start trip. with. But there, yeah. there, yeah. I made the mistake of speaking my mind. Uh, One last thing I'll I'll mention about this last question is that people are playing for different reasons. Some are playing in groups with with the same group of people. Some people are switching it up. Some people are playing solo. Some people might be raising little young villains of their own and and they want to, the kids want to play. So they play. Heck, I'd do that. I'd play 10 times if, you know, I had a kid that wanted to play. Dude, absolutely. Some people might be playing at the LCG Con. Whoa, whoa! Oh, that sounds yeah. like an awesome, awesome opportunity to play games. 
It does. Why don't you tell us about it? I know we're in the middle of the show, but three full days of just just playing online with friends. Sounds unheard of. No obligations. Just, you know, sign up. You don't need a webcam. You just need some way to play the games. And uh, yeah, just uh, Steve, I'll get you to pop that invite down in the show notes. When is that going to be? It is August 6th to 8th. It does not cost anything. Once you're in the server, there's a little, there's a short registration process. It's nothing. All it is is say, I want to join. It's just a, it's a bit of a wall against bots and stuff. Mm. Uh, but it also helps me for numbers to figure out, you know, what's popular, what's not. And that's it. You have access to all the rooms. Just hop into the Looking for Games channels. There will be people there. I guarantee it. Yep. And this is a Gen Con weekend, quote unquote, right? Yeah, quote unquote. This is what we did last year when Gen Con was canceled. So we just thought we'd keep the same weekend, even though Gen Con has moved to the, well, a weekend that nobody can make it anymore. Right. In September. Yeah. 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 And let allow me, Mike, for the 900th time, thank you for all the work you've done on Discord and that server to make this a reality. Oh, you're welcome. It, it only works because other people join in and make it a fun place. So, Steve, you said that you had asked the community like what they thought about this campaign. What, what do you mean by that? Like people wrote to us? Wrote to us. So I No asked, way. Yeah, yeah. 22 people wrote to us. Something like that. Uh, I asked people, yeah, I asked them to tell us their thoughts about the campaign, and that was it. It was just an open-ended question, and uh, we're gonna read a whole bunch of these, right? That's that's the goal. Yeah, I'm here. excited to do this. I'm, yeah. Let me take this first one because um, he he signed his name, and I had to guess who it was. He signed his name. Uh, you know who I am, you nerd. So uh, this was. Let's see if the listeners can guess here as we get going. But he, he says, he says, this campaign box is perfect. Wow. Who cares if the villains are pure trash? Oh, there's a fancy dual aspect hero. Not worth my time. I have four copies of the Rise of Red Skull. That's 20 villains to use as print and play homebrew backs. I already know who this is. And four Hawkeye decks built at any point. Ah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. It's dangerous to go on without one. Uh, also, the campaign is light, fun, enjoyable, a blast to play over pretzels and beer, and it has Hawkeye in it. Automatic A+. Um, I think we know who this is. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's our dear friend of the show. That would be my teammate. Co-champion of Trivia Night. Yep, Kennedy Hawk, yep. of course. He's so fun. What a great start to this. All right. Yeah. Well, can I read Spartacus N7? Oh, Yeah. A.K.A. Matt. All right, the Rise of Red Skull was a very solid start to their campaign sets. It provided enough variety and fun for anyone who loves this game to get a taste of it. While it wasn't overly difficult in the standard and expert difficulties for the more seasoned player, it's definitely a great starting point for new players looking to move past the initial core set. The Heroes are solid complementary additions to the current pool, and each provides a unique playing experience. I will say for those that haven't tried heroic difficulty with a set yet, do not underestimate Crossbones. His level of difficulty jumps up the most out of all the villains in the box because of how many attack events he has. You have been warned. Oh, nice. Great. Thank you, Matt. Um, I I agree with everything you said, except I can't agree with the last part because I can't confirm it. <laughs> I'll, I will never, I'll never play this game ever on heroic. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, a- absolutely. Um, 
it's a great I think it's a great thing for newer players. All right, this next one comes from Design Hacker. The narrative that links the scenarios together is really great, but almost at the thematic expense of standalone. As an example, when I play Absorbing Man standalone, I promise I do this, the delay <laughs> counter thing seems thematically silly to me. The upgrade sure. cards are awesome, and I think for future campaign boxes, I'd like to see simple upgrade solutions like this so we have more cards freed up for non-campaign-specific things, like back 12 aspect cards for the heroes or additional modular sets or bigger encounter sets. Okay, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Absorbing Man just kind of loses uh, a bit of punch when you play standalone, and that might be why he was rated so low. Yeah, uh, there's, there's nothing really at stake against him in standalone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I took my time. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, and then there's, of course, all the cards that are specific for campaign mode are kind of dead cards if you don't play out of campaign. Sure. Which, yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, guys, let me tell you what Lord Kylo Vader 777 Ooh. said. He said, <laughs> he said, really solid campaign and extension. <laughs> not super tough, but also not easy. Provides a decent challenge depending on how you play and how you challenge yourself. Mm. The scenarios work easily outside the campaign and are fun to play. Welcome addition to the game. Yep. That is yeah. an absolutely fantastic response. And my favorite part about it is depending on how you play and how you challenge yourself. Like that's what this game is about. Right. Absolutely. Like think of all the ways in which you can design the challenge specifically. Right. Like, oh, what a great response. Well, let me tell you what Danimal 0088 had to say, and I love Danimal, obviously. This was a great introduction to campaign mode for Marvel Champions. Things I liked. One, I was able to beat the campaign with every hero, even Hulk. Oh, wow. So, you know what? We're going to have to have a villain episode about Hulk. (laughs) Because this guy gets a lot of grief. He does. Two, Trying to rescue all the allies is a lot of fun. Three, Red Skull is way harder outside a campaign and adding the right modular. Missed opportunities. Interesting here. One, the campaign punishment cards are never used. For a true expert challenge, they should have been added in a different way. Two, the rescued allies are too good, but I love them. They should have a cost to play them. Maybe once rescued, they enter play for free. Then they have a two to three cost after that. And three, experimental weapons should have surge on it. Those are interesting insights. I like those a lot. Yeah, I I like his um, all his little missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think they're all positive, constructive criticism. Yep. For ways to tweak the game, but not just oh, I hate this thing. Right. This is kind of yep. like some yep. some good suggestions and maybe some interesting house rules. Yeah. That that part about the allies being too strong comes up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, next one comes from Ace Finn, if that's how you pronounce it. Hope so. The campaign mod is for me the best way to play the game with friends. I really like the health memory between scenarios, and in Red Skulls, villain concepts are simple to understand and to play around. Bonuses of the campaign are fun and create some nice things with heroes, but the best idea is the Taskmaster concept with those neutral allies. I really like this mm-hmm. campaign and play it a lot with friends. I think the vanilla difficulty, normal and expert, was well done. Villains can even win uh, by mistake or an exceptionally hard turn. Cool. Agree. Yep. yep. Pretty much. Yeah. The the health thing. Uh, not a lot of people brought that up, but that's. I think that does make the campaign a little more interesting because it gives you, it prevents you from yoloing at the end. 
right? You have to think about how am I going to end this scenario before I move on to the next one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it also means you got all those expert cards in the deck that you just you never pull out if you don't heal yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let me give you the next one here. J.A. or Doxa Logos. I thought Rise of Red Skull was a good introduction to bringing campaign play to Marvel Champions. The villains are interesting and not punishingly difficult like Guardians most, Galaxy's Most Wanted. I found Zola the toughest challenge in the campaign and also enjoyable. The campaign feels more rewarding in its progression compared to GMW, which punishes you more for success. Mm. Uh, even though Galaxy's Most Wanted really stretched the boundaries in what villain scenarios can do in both the good collector and the bad Ronin ways, I still find <laughs> <laughs> I still find Rise of Red Skull villains more enjoyable overall. Mm. I'll probably never play Guardians Most Wanted on Expert, but I will play Rise of Red Skull on Expert. So. Absolutely agree with with Jay here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, Eduardo had a very a very short answer for us. This may be a weird answer, but I really enjoyed Absorbing Man. Thank you, Eduardo. Especially the thematically, uh, how it's thematically around the delay counters. On it was amazing. Agree. Agree. Really like yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. So I just want to go. I want to go back. Uh, the that last comment about Galaxy's Most Wanted punishing you more for success. I kind of, I really like that about Galaxy's Most Wanted because I feel like this one, your benefits really outweigh your burdens. In Rise of Red Skull. Mm. Whereas maybe in Galaxy's Most Wanted, it swings a little too far the other way, but I think it had to swing in that direction at least somewhat. I, I have high hopes that Rise of Red Skull was too easy the one way, Galaxy's Most Wanted was too hard the other way, and the Mad Titan Shadow will bring them both together in perfect unison. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, I quit. No, I'm kidding. Okay. We quit until we see the next hero. That's right. Yeah, yeah, OMG, so- Venom! <laughs> all right this one comes from brian h i always play two-handed solo and the campaign would be the next to last test for a particular pair of heroes kang was the last one i never change aspects or alter deck during the campaign outside of the campaign specific rewards and obligations the scenarios are varied enough that it serves as a great barometer of the all corners decks that i always like to build all comers i think that means the all comers decks that are right. all like, comers decks. It's his one ring deck. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this deck is flexible enough to to beat everything to oh, beat yeah. all the challenges. Yeah, it can take on all comers. Yeah, got it. Well, no, that's good. That that's I love that, and I certainly don't want a deck build every time I sit down. I like having my my decks that can do most things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well. Our dear friend Cat Attack Twenty Two had this to say: Standard campaign was pretty easy, other than Zola Zola. But I've come to expect that from Pre Galaxy's Most Wanted Standard. Rise of Red Skull fits in with it being the LCG I play when I don't have the time to play LOTR or just want a more laid back game. Love People it. are really hard on the Zola's difficulty. I I thought Red Skull was harder. Is mm. it just I don't know. Am I missing some? I, I don't have enough authority in my deck. That's what it is. That might be it. That might be it. That might be it. Okay, then we have this one from Rick S. I like that every battle is different in its own way. You genuinely feel like you're fighting each character from crossbones and his weapon attachments to Red Skull being the ultimate strategist. Thematically, it's spot on. Yes, it is. And that really is a great thing about this game as a whole. Like They do a really darn good job of making these 
miscellaneous mechanics actually feel like what you expect them to feel like. Yeah, I agree. Caleb and uh, Vox, um, they do a good job. Caleb did a great job in Lord of the Rings making the mechanics feel thematic, and, and he's carried that over into this. It's like they read a whole crap ton of comics or something. Something. Okay, so we had um, a bunch of other answers that were a lot shorter, and these were some of kind of what I pieced together. A lot of people did seem to comment that it was maybe too easy, specifically Taskmaster and Absorbing Man, which kind of talked about. Uh, folks generally thought that the rescued allies were a bit too strong and that the upgrades themselves were a bit too strong. And then there were a few people out there who didn't like how you had to use the same hero through the whole campaign because they, in opposite of what we just said, they like to change up their decks. They like to change up their heroes every couple games. Uh, so, Hang on, I have something to say to that. Do it. Just, right. just do it. <laughs> right. There. Wait, Mike, that's not how the rules are written. It's, just do it. You keep the boons. Okay, you tag team in. Great. Have fun. Guess what? It's your game. This isn't a video game that locks you in. Yeah. I will say that when, um, whenever I played a Lord of the Rings a cycle, um, I just go blind through it. Um, and if I lost a hero in a game, they were out for the cycle. Oh, nice. Right? And if I lost the game... I'd pitch those three heroes. Like, they're gone. Gone for the cycle. Wow. And I, this is when I was playing solo, like, early days. So I'd have to, I had to deal with it. So you can always play that way. Like, you know, like, early on when Becky and Andy and I were playing, like, we lost Hawkeye. Well, he's gone for the rest of it, right? But, but as you say, Mike, it's your game. Do it. Yep. Who's going to A, care, and B, stop you? Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, if you're having fun, <laughs> if you're having fun, do it. So. Yeah, I loved hearing from the community, answering our questions and, and engaging with us. I'd like to, I don't know if we can do this, but can I, can I give out a prize for this? Daniel, it's your game. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Go but for it. This is outside of our normal, like, giving something just, to our listeners. Just do it, man. Make up the rules. We didn't tell anyone we were gonna do this. This is a this is a prize support ambush. Oh quick my strike. god! Can you? This is a quick straight prize support. You're right. So Steve, I have from my local game store. I was they, they contacted me and they're like, "Hey, you played this game. We've got an extra set of what did you call it, Steve? The open play kit. The open play kit. So this is like you know, twelve cards with Doctor Strange and Captain America and the Hulk and some other cards." I would, I just want to give this away, man. I just want to give it away. Let's so do it. What do you think is the best way to do this? I think we randomly choose somebody who answered mm. our survey. God, I'd like, you know what? That's villainously um, simple and excellent. Let's do it. All right. Now, if you have this set and you don't want it, you let us know and we'll do this again. How's that sound? That sounds great. So, Steve. I'm going to just say a number, but I want you to tell me what my number is between. Uh, one and 35. One and 35. Well, I'm going to go with my favorite number, 24. 24. All your age. <laughs> uh, Brian H. Brian H. Well, you just talked about him. Congrats. Oh. Congrats. Congrats, Brian H. Please reach out to uh, our email. Give us, give us your... Uh, 
your particulars and we will I'll send this to you. I will do it. I'll put it in the I'll put it in the mails. Send off a little minion with it. Deliver yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Congrats, Brian. Congratulations, Brian H. Thank you so much for replying to our well, to Steve's request. Okay. So what do we do every show? We talk about some cards. Let's talk there about some cards. There can't still be cards left to talk about. There's still cards. This is a campaign length episode we are recording oh my here. God, uh, we've got a double issue. We have got a double issue here. Okay, so we have eight Hydra campaign cards that we're going to talk about. Wait, Some eight? of them are yeah. eight. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Let me. Just... Did you actually put in hero cards? I put in the campaign cards. Oh my goodness! And and you thought you told Mustafa <laughs> that we were turning you into a hero? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, wait a so... minute. I'm with but... Mike. What is happening? <laughs> Well, we want to talk about the cheating techniques that the heroes are going to use to take down Red Skull. Oh, okay, okay. All right, some of these cards are double-sided. You barely but... saved yourself on that response. Now, after that, though, <laughs> we've got another four cards that are the expert Hydra campaign cards that will okay. get us right back on track exciting. from being a villain. So, yeah. Okay. So we have a set of four upgrades that you can get as you are playing the game you can unlock them right so mike why don't you read us the first one real quick here all right the first one is adrenal stims cost zero upgrade tech traded setup keyword and as a hero action discard this card and remove it from the campaign log to ready your hero and heal five damage from them and it has one wild resource icon which i am looking at can you actually use that yes you yes you can because an upgrade can be discarded. Right. And then he gets shuffled yeah. back through. Yep. Is that why it also has a cost? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. So remove it from the campaign log at single use to ready your hero and heal five damage. Well, you'll I mean, notice I... that the, the heroes are taking drugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Who's the real hero? Surprise, surprise. Well, let me tell you about the emergency teleporter. Also zero cost. Also wild icon for resource setup tech. Hero action, discard this card to remove it from the campaign log to search your deck and discard power for an ally, put it into play, give it a tough status card. Not bad. Yeah, I think that, that's more cheaty than adrenal stims. I agree. Right, a teleporter? That's not fair. Which is why we which is why we see this one picked perhaps more often. You know what's happening. You know that you know the Doctor Strange players are taking this one. Get going, Garab Wong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh laser cannon. A zero-cost upgrade with a wild resource, tech, and setup. With the hero action, discard this card and remove it from the campaign log. Deal five damage to the villain and each enemy engaged with you. Whoa. Yeah. That's true. So this is when those heroes can't handle Zola and all his minions. They got to pull out the giant laser cannon. Yep. Yeah. Now, who is that in the artwork? Is that actually a hero? I think think that it's Nick Fury. It's Nick Fury, right? I'm looking at the eye patch. Eye patch. Yep. Wow. All right. And then rounding this out, we have the tactical scanner, which costs zero. Has a wild resource icon. <laughs> it is tech traded. Setup keyword. Yeah, yeah. Hero action. Discard this card and remove it from the campaign log to draw five cards. Also, or- you're a villain, Mike. <laughs> 
What do you see the uh, the heroes taking more often? It depends. Uh, if what's your number one? What's your number one? Well, if you want to do some, if a hero is going to do some really specialized uh, shenanigans, they're taking emergency teleporter. It for okay. a generic, they just want to cheat as much as they can. They're going to take tactical scanner. That's okay. my gut. Okay, let me ask you guys this: In all of your plays, did you ever use one of these? Which I think you get after the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever use one before Red Skull? Yes. No. One time, uh, uh, we used the laser cannon in a Zola camp, uh, Zola scenario. Uh, we were playing on we were playing on expert, so we wanted our health to be at a decent spot. So the uh, the my okay. buddy Nathan, okay. who had the laser cannon, you know, set it off. So. All right. But for the most part, you just like wait it out, right? Mm-hmm. These things just sit in front of you for a whole campaign. Yeah. Absolutely. I use the adrenal stims because I was playing solo and that ready is worth a lot at solo and sure. the heal, actually. Yeah. Sure, sure, of course. Now the next the next four we don't really need to talk much about. There's the basic attack um and defense and thwart and recovery upgrades. Right. Is there anything particularly special you want to talk about with those, Steve? I was wondering, so we, you get the basic one, which has got like yep. a point here, and then you get the improved. I was just curious on which hero or you think picks which one. Like, do you have a favorite or which one do you think gets used the most out of these? Ooh. Or are they too situational? I know in our game with, that you can find on our YouTube channel, um, there was some debate on if Captain America should take the thwarting one or the defensive one, and then you know that sort of thing. Because you do get to flip this basic card over right after Zolo when you're going to go into Red Skull, so you only get to use the card draw half of it for one scenario. Right. So before that, they're just static. Yeah, I think it depends more on the person playing the deck because I tend to play a lot of protection, so that plus one defense. Yep just he turns on everything and not only that not only that mike but i th- i think it's the best of them because it's after you defend an attack right like that's going to happen all the time for the for the protection player right so if you look at the other improved ones like um you know after you defeat a minion so you can't just punch him in the face a little bit you have to defeat him to get your card draw right mm. Yep. One is you actually have to use your recovery skill to draw a card, which means you've flipped out of hero, which you don't see very much, I don't think, right? And and then the thwart one, um, you have to defeat the side scheme, so it's a lot like beating a minion. So whereas the defense one is just defend. And there's plenty of ways for a defensive player and a protection player to ready themselves up and to like do other shenanigans by just defending. Right. So I feel like it's a, it's an easier way to get your card draw. The thwart one is going to have a lot of card draw too because they're getting this at Red Skull, right? You're guaranteed sides. You're guaranteed Still, side schemes, but you're not guaranteed. It is the you. It is the you that really yeah puts a wrinkle in that. Yeah, I think the um, you're right, That's Daniel. Right. You get attacked every single round. Yeah, That's it. You're always every round attack. you get attacked at least once. And you don't have to not take damage like some of the protection cards. It just, okay, yeah. I got attacked, and I'm still alive, and I haven't lost the game, so I get to draw a card. But if you're not playing protection, do you play that? That's an interesting question. I would there. say no. You don't if you're playing someone with one defense, because you have other ways to take care of it. 
Yeah, because it doesn't trigger if your allies defend, because it is you. And we have a very clear definition of what you is, and it's not if you're defending with an ally. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I think the choices here with these upgrades are, do you lean into what your deck is doing, or do you shore up a weakness that you might have? Right. Mm -hmm. I already have plus three attack. I'm going to take the attack. Now I have plus four attack. Or I only have a one attack, so I'm going to, you know, put that up to a two so that I, I can do that a little bit better. I, I bet those... groups of players never do that latter thing, Steve, because every team brings specialists. Yeah, I think right? you're probably right. Yep. And you want to be more special. <laughs> like, no one's bringing a whole group of, like, I could do any of the three things. Although that would be really fun to do that. In, in a if team? I, right. If, so if, everyone brought, if everyone brought the heroes that are 2-2-2? Two, 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 oh, yeah. You it's know, like... <laughs> you can always, like, randomly draw one of these, right? Shuffle them up. Take one at random. Ooh. It gives you a different, uh, like a different game. So I like that. So let's, let's move on to the villain cards here. Can we? Isn't that? that who we are? It is who Jesus. we are. Well, I mean, we're talking campaign, so we have to know the tactics of our foes. But so the expert Hydra campaign has four cards. And these are great cards that even the community commented don't see use. Um, because the way you get these in your deck is you're playing on the expert campaign mode. Mm -hmm. And you start, you track your health, right? Between scenarios. And when you start a new scenario, you can heal yourself to full before the game starts by shuffling one of these random cards into your deck. And then, okay. they, then they come up out of your player deck, sort of like a weakness in Arkham Horror. And they have some okay. terrible effect um, for the heroes and some great stuff for the villains. And, and I wish we get to use them more. I think it's a wonderful idea that just doesn't get used enough. Uh, Daniel, why don't you give us the first one there? Sure, this is anti-hero propaganda, which is an obligation. So, as you said, Steve, this gets shuffled into your deck, right? Yep. Like, okay. It has a player card back. Okay. So at some point, pops up. Your hero gets minus one thwart, minus one attack, and minus one defense. Alter ego action, take two damage, and spend a wild resource to discard this card. Wow. Now, Steve, it, Steve, it has a player card back, right? Right. And is there somewhere in the rules where it says if you draw an obligation, put it into play? Yep. That, okay. the, the minute you draw it, you put it out into your play area, right. and it does what it's This is, do. I mean, I feel like this should be something shuffled into someone's deck at the beginning of the campaign. Yeah, or if you want to take a basic upgrade, you also take an obligation. Mm-hmm. Right? Or something like that. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's great. Very potent one. Not easy to get it rid of. That could hamstring a lot of heroes. Yeah, that's good. That's fantastic. Okay. All right, let me tell you about martial law. It's also an obligation. Your hand size is reduced by one. Oof. Oh, poor Hulk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not only did he draw this instead of a player card, but now his hand size is also reduced. And he and can't get rid of it because he doesn't have that resource. Yeah. Alter ego action. Deal yourself an encounter card and spend an energy resource. Discard this card. And has the quote, pull him aside for questioning. Hydra soldier. So. Okay, that's my favorite so far. Yeah, right? Yeah. As a villain? Yep. Yep, absolutely. Okay, the next one is a medical emergency. Take that, Stephen Strange. Mm-hmm. 
Forest response at the end of your turn, take one damage if you are in hero form. Alter Ooh. ego action, discard the top five cards of your deck, and spend a strength resource to discard this card. Situational. Wow. Situational. Yeah, these are all alter ego. Mm-hmm. Obligations. They're That's obligations. Fantastic. Yeah. Maybe uh, if you're going to play with these cards and start shuffling them in, that makes the Master of Time set a little more interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, no. Yeah, I think, I think Medical Emergencies may be the weakest one we'll see. Because um, you can flip and you're discarding some cards from your deck. Yeah, but yeah, you also you... need a fist in your hand at the time you do that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, it's not... There could be times it's just sitting in front of you for a while for those, like, energy decks and stuff, right? And it's just it's just bleeding you. Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. Um, or it's one of those things... Like, a lot of these obligations, and, like, King did this too, it's like, you're like, well... <sighs> It's not so horrible right now, and like you just don't understand how it's slowly bleeding you, right? True, because it's true. such a minuscule amount of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. okay, I just, I just at the end of my turn take a damage. Or it's just one damage. I'm in hero mode. I'm I'm Ant Man. I can fix it. Or it's like, but it's just this slow time waste and slow bleed that I just love a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, can you just put? It's too bad that this is like um have the player card backs. I feel like this these these four cards would just be fun to like rather than do heroic mode, just do it. Throw them into yeah, you're playing it, you're playing a standalone game. It's like, hey, everyone take one of these. At yep. random. At random. At random. Yep. Shuffle them in. Go. Every game starts that way. So you don't have to play heroic. Like just that's just sitting out there. Now the right. the the campaign box gives you four sets of these. So each player can have its could own little... Could conceivably have the ob- same one? Yeah, could have it their own little deck of obligations that they just shuffle in uh, in some sort of house campaign, uh, anything. Yeah, so everybody could end up with medical emergency, oh. that, that sort of thing. So This is the way to go. All right. We actually have one more to talk about, and that's Zola's algorithm, guys. And that is a, uh acceleration token. It's an obligation. Alter ego action. Exhaust your alter ego and spend a brainy resource to discard this card. And we have a great quote from Arnim ZOLA, a beautiful parasite growing inside the world's most secure computer systems. <laughs> this Lovely. seems the weakest, actually. Yeah, maybe. It depends. It depends. Again. I guess, or, it, yeah, sure. They all depend, right? But Yeah, I think in solo this hurts you a lot more because that hero action is really, really important and you have no one to cover for you. But yeah, it is on the weaker side. It's giving you an acceleration. So if you start off in hero form, you can't attack or thwart. You have to flip. Then you have to exhaust and spend the mental. And then that means the villain's going to scheme. So that acceleration still kind of... Like, there's still threat being added for having to flip back to it, which was going to get added. So yeah, maybe it's not super great, but it does take away your chance to um, to activate your hero. Because the other ones don't require you to exhaust to get rid of them, which is interesting. Mm, true. I love these four cards. And, and I agree with all the people who are like, they need to come out more. But as our dear friend Wandering Tube says, so put them out more. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that right now when I start my next campaign. In they go. Yep. In they go. They should go in every standalone. You should shuffle those 16 cards, hand every player one, put them into your deck without looking. Oh my god, that could be a Critical Encounters house rule. It is. <laughs> Boom. If Done. you own the Rise of Red Skull campaign box, this is your obligation, friends. Mm. 
That's how we work. We try to subtly convince the heroes to do things that aren't to their benefit. Well, guys, that has been a very long episode. Very lo- that's been a very long issue. Um, Double issue. Double issue for sure. Mike, it, and it's a, it's bittersweet uh, with this being Moose's last one. Aww. I am I am um, dishappy about that. Dishappy? I, I agree. I'm dishappy. I am unpleased. Well, folks, do you have a favorite Mustafa moment? If you do, you can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, Wandering Toque, and we had the truth. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Red Skull, take us out. To be worthy of the Red Skull's hatred is to be worthy of his respect as well. There is no man alive I respect more than Captain. Hail Hydra!